Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, here with Keith Myers. We're going to talk uh, off-season minicamp stuff, uh, player roster stuff. We had a signing that uh, we forgot to mention a few weeks back that we thought was interesting. Keith's going to want to talk about uh, a couple things related to uh, contracts and um, and players and teams and all that all that fun stuff. But first, let's bring Keith in. How you doing, man? Doing good. It's um, it's we've reached that time of the year where there's very little news, and so um, this is just the there's not much going on in Seahawk world, and that's kind of boring. But we're still here. We're still talking Seahawks, um, and we'll be here every week. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we do have something to talk about. We're, they no, had a we mini lost, camp we, this last weekend. Yep. I didn't even think they were going to have it. I thought it was canceled. It turned out I was wrong. They had it. It was just really small. They had like 30, 35 players in there instead of their normal 50 or 60. And they and uh, obviously no contact, just working out. But, um, it, it, you know, what we were able to glean from all the reports that came out of the camp. Uh, several reporters were there. They had some press conferences and so forth. So we're going to talk about all of that, get some first impressions on some of these guys and kind of see how they fit in with the rest of the roster. So um, did you have a chance to look at film, listen to press conferences, do anything other than just kind of read about these guys, Keith? Um. Yeah, I've done done a little bit of of work, uh, you know, trying to figure out who some of these guys are. Um, you know, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting group that yeah. the the Seahawks have. Yeah. And I like it. There's uh, actually some a couple of guys, and one guy in particular that I'm just really actually enthralled with, an undrafted guy um, that I think has a real decent shot at coming in and making the team. Um, so I would like to talk about that guy eventually. So. Who? We'll just talk about him now. Yeah. Okay. J- jump in well, and go. My my go guy. I mean, my, <laughs> like an adopt a rookie guy, adopt a, an undrafted free agent guy, and see if he sticks. Um, is Tremorian Terry, the wide receiver out of Florida? Um, it, he didn't participate this this uh, this last weekend because you know of some knee or or hamstring or something like that. Um, but he's he's legit. So when you go out and watch his tape, um, everything just kind of flies off the tape as far as him being able to run routes, pull away from guys. Uh, that top end speed is crazy. He had a GPS um, miles per hour uh, tracker on him last season and almost reached 24 miles an hour. And DK Metcalf in that 99 yard chase down um, against Buda Baker, I think ran like 23.2 or something like that. And this guy was like 23.75 or it just outstanding, crazy. And if you just go watch him, he just, um, he has great football speed and is able to take the top off defense. Once he gets past somebody, um, he's gone. He's just gone. So, uh, very, very intriguing guy, six, three, two, you know, 
11, something like that. Um, that's the guy that I would like to watch. And, and the reason that I believe that he could legit stick is he's literally probably the best gunner in the draft, like for special teams. Um, I watched a small cut up of probably 10 different plays from 2020 uh, where he was the gunner. He beat his guy down on every one of those plays and he made the tackle. So uh, it, and, and he made that tackle for either no gain or a loss. So he's, I think he could definitely find himself in a, in a really nice position to, to make the roster just for that. And then, you know, develop over time you know, he runs about five to six routes, you know, the, the, the sluggo routes, the stop and goes, um, he'll run the posts, he'll run a, a comeback, a slant and, um, mostly just flies, you know, just going down the sideline. Uh, but his stop and go is legit. He gets guys turned around pretty frequently. And then when he gets behind him, it's just over. And with Russell Wilson back there, a guy like that could really kind of find a niche in, in Seattle's offense as being kind of a, just a, a deep threat. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that he plays special teams gives him a shot because um, if you're the fifth or sixth wide receiver on the on yeah. the roster, you better be able <laughs> well, to play special teams. Well, he's very physical. Um, my concern with him is all of the reports mm. of how, that he was not a good guy in the locker room, that there were instances of him blowing up at coaches on the sidelines. There was two. I've heard um, And... So, and apparently, yeah, I mean, there's just a, that, and those are the thing, the reasons why he went undrafted that, and the fact that he dropped a lot of passes. Um, and so I, if he comes in, keeps his mouth shut, works hard, um, and doesn't cause any of those problems or have any of the workout ish, you know, um, like lazy issues that, that have followed him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the talent's there. Nobody doubts that, um, but he's got to come in and do it. Um, the 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 guy that I am really intrigued with um, out of this undrafted class is an, is actually another wide receiver, and that would be Cade mm-hmm. Johnson. Absolutely, you know, this is a guy that that um, you know is was out there um, playing at South Dakota State. You know, not that you know thing, but this is a guy. Whereas. Um, uh, whereas the guy you were talking about runs like four or five routes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Johnson has a very complete route tree yes. um, that he can run. He's very good short. Yeah. He's a very um, good area route quickness. Runner. Yeah. Very good short, um, short area quickness. Like you said, agility, all that kind of stuff. His top end speed yeah. is lacking. He's runs like a four five, two or something yeah. like that, which is uncharacteristic he's, for a guy that size, but he's so uh, wily in getting open mm-hmm. underneath and, and making well, space and stuff. So the, um, I've seen a couple of different, um, comps for him. One was Wells Welker, who was never a deep threat. Um, but you know, caught almost a hundred passes a year when he played with Brady, um, because he was good in short distances and underneath. And then the other one was Doug Baldwin, um, who also was a slot guy and, and did a lot of good things. And if you look at um, you know, the Rams offense and what Wald, Walden's bringing in, like Cooper Cup plays mostly out of the slot and has all that production. He's not a burner. He doesn't get deep, but he did all the short intermediate stuff he dominates in. And um, that's the kind of thing that, 
you know, Kate Johnson's good at. And so I think there, that could be a combination of, of a, you know, the talent um, profile and just his individual skill set and the, the, the scheme the team runs just lining up really well. Where do you think his path um, to the roster would lie? Do you think that depends on a, on an injury possibly, or is, is there an opportunity for the Seahawks to carry six guys legit on the, on the roster this year? Um, I think they could carry six, um, six guys. And if they do, right, you've got, um, we know who the top, we know who the top, um, top two are, you know, rookie Eskridge, um, Freddie Swain, that gives you four. And then, um, these two guys that you and I talked about could be five and six. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, yeah, that's putting, three rookies on a six man uh, wide receiver room, but it's possible. It's definitely possible because I don't, I mean, look at the guys that they carried last year. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them, you know, I mean, the only person who has like unique skill set that um, you might be able to do something with is John Ursula and he's ca- caught one pass yeah. in his career. Well, so, and they kept Penny Hart, you know, I think Penny's a, a nice player and so forth, but he's not dynamic. Cody Thompson, they've liked for a while, but he's never been able to to get up and, and, and take any snaps on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Aaron Fuller's a slot guy. I think that those guys we just mentioned would be competing against him and Penny Hart. They'd have to push those guys out. John Ursua, who mm-hmm. knows what's going on with that? I just don't even have any confidence that he would be even an, a candidate out of this list to to make it that they really like Connor Weddington, the other undrafted guy that uh, we haven't mentioned yet um, at wide receiver from Stanford, originally from um, Washington State. And um, they like him. He's a real dynamic kind of breakaway speed and uh, kick and punt return ability as well. So um, Cade Johnson and Tremorian Terry. I mean, I, I, I do think that the only path for at least one of those guys would be an expanded, you know, sixth man on the roster or whatever. And they'd have to figure out tight ends. They'd have to figure out running backs. I don't know that they're going to go short on, um, on the offensive line. And so, or, or possibly even running back, but they, they'd have to probably go 26 on offense, 24 on defense in order for something like that to work. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. And they could, they could go for running back or, Mm -hmm. you know, last year they carried four um, tight ends for a while and they could carry three Mm -hmm. and, and which is actually more normal is to carry three and not four. Um, So it's. Nick Belor screws up the entire thing, doesn't he? Yeah. And he doesn't (laughs) offer. The, the anything on offense. Um, so, um, so let's talk about the, the guys, um, the primetime guys, the guys that got drafted. Let's mm-hmm. start with uh, Eskridge. Like, what's what's up with Eskridge? Like, he's just, he's one of those guys that's the perfect fit. He's like, he's the third wide receiver in the offense that we've always wanted but didn't have. Was always missing somebody or somebody didn't step up or we were relying last year on uh, – on Dorset, Philip Dorset to come in and then he had a knee and he didn't ever show up. And so, uh, this year we have a legit opportunity to put that into play in a really nice expanded offense that will utilize space way more than we have before. And with Russell Wilson back there, 
um, in a rhythm, getting the ball out quick in this in this new offense, and then taking the shots deep. Um, I'm excited, you know. And he's got legit speed, and just watching him run routes oh, yeah. and stuff, and being physical, um, and and the agility uh, to get open, find space, is just unreal. Yeah, it's like I said, absolutely legit speed on the outside. Um, you know, but he's much more than that. I mean, he's actually got a a, a more dynamic route tree mm-hmm. than I think we thought. Um, you know, because just there wasn't a lot of tape on him, so it was more of just kind of um, looking at you know somewhat what other people had have said and and other you know people who we, who I trust you know their breakdowns and that kind of stuff, but. You know, the, now that you get a chance to go and look at a little bit of the tape, the guy's route tree is pretty robust. Mm-hmm. And with his speed, and not just straight line speed, but his acceleration, it doesn't take him a long time to get up to speed. You know, he's three steps and he's there. Um, and he gets stop and go and, and cuts. He, he does all of that stuff at, at speed, too. And um, really what he is, is this is, a, this is a guy that's going to be a deep threat. Um and take some of the pressure off of Tyler Lockett, in my opinion, because, you know, Lockett with the injuries that he's had and that kind of stuff, he isn't the fastest guy on the field anymore. He used to be, he used to be, you know, the fastest guy in the field when he was out there. Um, I mean, you're not going to be with, with DK Metcalf on your team, but um, I'd say that the, the cornerbacks are catching up to him a little bit uh, in terms of speed, but he's still really good in, in so many other ways. But if they can move him into the slot, mm-hmm. Um, a little bit here and there and let him, you know, uses his skill set um, in different ways. And of course he's still got enough speed to get behind people, but it's not where he's just running away from yeah. people like he is. Do you still. think he's physical so I, I just think it to balances to manage else. that spot? Yeah. I mean, he's really gets, you know, banged up pretty decent already. Um, and I worry about him a little bit slanting all over well, the middle and stuff, but yeah, I mean, the key there is that Wilson doesn't throw mm-hmm. him into getting lit up. Um, but he catches the ball through contact as good as anyone. Um, and but, that's part of the know, reason why he's been so good despite being short. Well, he's and very he's, good. He's not slight per se, but he's smaller and he's mm-hmm. less than physical. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, he signed a four year, $69 million deal in the off season. That's just crazy. Um, yeah. So then we've got uh, okay. So we've got Lockett, Medcalf, Eskridge. Those are locks, and then mm-hmm. Freddie Swain. I, I do believe that they do like him, but he brings a skill set that really is is um, is different. I think than than some of the other guys in that he's a, he's more a possession style wide receiver, but he's not huge for a possession guy. He's just a steady guy. That's to me, you know back into the roster to, you know, fifth, fourth wide receiver type of a guy, um, possibly help you in a go return game me- and so forth. Go look at his measurables versus Cooper Cup. Well, he's too, he's an inch or two smaller, but other than that. He's an inch, he's an inch shorter, but everything else is really, really similar. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he isn't the most, he isn't, you know, no one's going to mistake him for DK Metcalf or, um, any of that, but he can get the job done. Um, and, and so he was, he didn't do much last year, but didn't really get a chance. He wasn't on the field that much. Um, and very true. when he was on the, when he was on the field, he was a kind of productive here and there. Um, and now we'll get to see what 
because, you know, receivers tend to make a big jump in here, too. Well, let's see what he's got. Um, I personally think at this point he's the fourth receiver um, in in part because he's the one guy um, after the top two that has any um, experience. Yeah. Well, Penny Hart has a little doesn't, bit, right? And the, the two guys it. that we talked about before don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, John Ursula has one catch. Yeah. Penny Hart has none. He was mostly – he he – they they cut Ursula and put him on the practice squad uh, and called up Hart entirely for special teams, um, and but he never he like almost never saw the field on offense. Um, it's the, you got to have somebody and and Swain at least has some experience. He's out there. He's ran routes. He's been productive at times. Yeah. I mean, if um, they do carry six and that's Tremari and Terry and Kay Johnson, I'm not going to be disappointed. It would mean that. Ursua Hart, Cody Thompson, Aaron Fuller are gone. And Connor mm-hmm. Weddington, you know, practice squad, probably maybe one or, one or two of those other guys on a practice squad. But I like the depth on the wide receiver unit this year. Of course, you know, we're going to have to see uh, what we get out of out of Johnson and Terry. But, you know, from all indications, Kate Johnson should have probably been drafted um, in, in probably the fourth round. And uh, Tremory and Terry's got, you know, on tape, dude, he's legit got first and second round talent. It's, you know, it's the other stuff and it's been mm-hmm. reported out there, but it's just so kind of, I'm not sure, you know, and, and Seattle does a really good job, um, on that part of the, um, of evaluating guys. And so I'd just like to see that play out and see how it turns out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, you're right. It has been reported. I'm, there's a lot of stuff um, out there on it. And you're right. The, the team does tend to look at those things and evaluate them. They like to give guys second chances They give people an opportunity. Um, and, but they leave it out there and say, you know what? It's on you. Either take advantage of this situation or don't. If you don't, you're going to be gone. And um, he's got an opportunity. Keep his head on straight. The guy's just got talent. Yeah. I watched and like we'll 20 minutes of, of film on him again uh, this this morning, and I was just like blown away. I just, you know, it's just one of those things where talent does win in the NFL. And if and if that has anything to say um, at all in this situation, he's he could definitely push for a spot, you know, because um, he's definitely got the ability. It's just finding out where he's at mentally, making sure that he wants to be part of a team. And I think that, you know, if he plays special teams and he's and he's the new gunner, um, he would do quite well. Um, all right. So uh, the second guy drafted was Trey Brown and um, the cornerback. And he's 5'10", 190, something like that. But he's a very physical, uh, tenacious uh, kind of corner um, where his... Really stood out in yeah. the camp. But well, you know, because- there's, he's not going up against world beaters but nonetheless it's no nice. he's well he was going up against Eskridge, um and basically uh the speed of those two guys over everyone else that was there was it was just eye-opening right those are they were the two fastest guys in the field um and i mean and terry wasn't wasn't playing because his knees hurt but uh otherwise i think he might have been up there too but the game speed, the play speed of those two guys stood out 
amongst everyone else at the rookie minicamp. So um, I thought that was was uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're you're, you know they're not they're not in pads, they're not hitting each other, they're not doing any of that. Um, but neither is anybody else. And so it's a, it's a level playing field for all the people that are out there. And when guys just play significantly faster than all the other people out there on the field. To me, that means something. Well, I think that really points out something uh, about Trey Brown, too, because he's working on stuff. Like, he's not just working on covering the guy in front of him right then. He's working on technique. Coaches are in his ear between every play, teaching him about different uh, scenarios, aspects. He's really used to the inch mirror punch uh, technique that that he used in college. He's familiar with the kick step, uh, but really hasn't put it into practice for, for a while. And so he's you know, focusing on that every rep and just kind of making sure that his feet and his arms and his hands are all in sync. And, um, no, covering guys is just, you know, one of those natural things that he just does, but everything else, he's just really kind of trying to learn. So it'll be interesting to see how he integrates, uh, once, uh, the vets come in in a few weeks into June when they, when they kind of, uh, come into their, um, their mini camp and, um, I'm excited about that pick, but I don't know how it's going to turn out in 2021. Like, is he going to end up with a starting job? Is he going to end up being a backup? Is he not going to see the field because somebody else is maybe going to get picked up that we just don't know about yet? I don't know, but we'll we'll find out. Pete seems to be really pretty high on him. And, you know, but this time of the year, Pete's, Pete's pretty high on about every rookie he ever seen. So... Um, how about Forsyth, the, uh, mammoth left tackle prospect that uh, Seattle picked up in the sixth round? It's impossible to judge those guys in these mini camps when there's no pads because they're, what they do is it's, it's the con it's contact, right? Um, and this is a no contact practice. Uh, it's really hard. So you kind of look at how do they look? Do they look agile? Are they getting out in front of people? Um, what do their technique look like? That kind of stuff. And so far, he looks fine. Um, but he's also, he was drafted as a project. They know he's not ready to play right so, now. That's not, that's not the expectation. So I watched every single snap today from the Florida-Alabama game. And he was amazing. So um, he didn't allow, now the, the Alabama had a, a pass rusher and Aziz, something or other. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember his, his last name. And um, he dominated him. Like, he mirrored him out, kept him away from the quarterback, never got closer than five, six feet, you know, to the quarterback. Um, so the pass blocking part for him is perfect. Like, he's got long arms. He, you know, he, the guys are trying to swipe at him and so forth, and he just punches them, you know, and, and keeps him away with his 83-inch wingspan. Um, and his six foot eight and a half mammoth frame and his feet are quick enough and he just, uh, he can push guys wherever he wants to take them. As far as the running uh, game is concerned, you know, that's the part that he's going to need to work on this year um, is developing some strength, developing, uh, developing some technique to get down um, low and, and push guys. You know, he's, 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 so tall. he's really good Keith at, at maintaining so, a spot, but he's not so good at pushing forward. Well, yeah, because he's so tall. I mean, 
uh, low guy wins, you know, in the, in the run blocking, you got to get below the other person's pads. You can, um, you know, get leverage there. And when you're six, eight, you're not getting underneath anyone, especially when the defensive ends are like six, three, you know, you got them by five inches and you're, you're trying to get under to their pads. It's, it's really, really I hard. I see some good bend, you know, when he was in pass protection, which was surprising oh, for me because the guy at six, eight, you just think of him as being a, you know, stand up tall tree. And he was actually able to get down pretty, pretty decent and move mm-hmm. at the same time. So. Yeah, I I think you're gonna like his his athleticism. I I don't know if he'll ever be a great run blocker, but I don't think the team drafted him thinking he would ever be a great run blocker. They drafted him because he's a guy with all the physical traits to be a franchise left tackle, and they were able to get it in the sixth round because they know he's a project. And if you can wait a year or two while he learns and trains and gets some experience at right tackle or you know plays here or there in a in a, in a spot and gets some experience and and learns. Well, then you might have a franchise left tackle in the future that you spent almost nothing on in terms of draft capital. So um, it was worth it. And I, I, I think it's a great pickup. Um, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to work with there. No, I think, I think you're right. And he did uh, take two series worth of snaps at right tackle um, in that film against Alabama uh, and then moved back to left tackle I think they were just working the guy in, you know, a, a red shirt sophomore into left tackle of the future. Um, and so he, he played two series over at right tackle and um, looked mm-hmm. good there too. You know, didn't allow anything going on. It was in, in a run blocking type stuff as well. Um, again, he's not a, the most powerful person in pushing forward. Um, I would imagine that that, you know, would be one of the things that they work on just so that he can be NFL average at some point. Um, that was, that's it for the draft picks that, that ended up in camp. Um, uh, obviously, Eskridge, uh, just because of the speed, which shows up in these type of camps without any pads, um, guys are just running through uh, routes and, and plays and so forth, really shows up. So uh, that was the big standout thing. The other player I wanted to mention, too, that had kind of a big standout camp for the first time, even though he's a second-year player, is Daryl Taylor. Um, yeah, that was where I was gonna kind of take this conversation yeah. next. Well, why don't you go? Um, yeah, go for it. I mean, Taylor was out there. He was playing. He didn't. He didn't participate in anything last year, um, in any of the off-season stuff. Anything in season, he had a a, a one week of, of kind of trying to work out mid-season before you know uh, getting shut down again, and then came back the very last week of the season and actually got a week mm-hmm. of practice in. Um, but never enough to get on, on the field. And, uh, he is healthy and he was out there. He looked fast. He looked strong. He looked, he came into camp at 248 pounds. He looked like they drafted him at 260. Yeah. Uh, he looked well because they they want him to play. They want him to be Bruce. He said they're gonna they're gonna move him back up to about two fifty eight. He he thought by the time the season starts. They but they 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 look at him as Bruce. Well, let's talk about it. Let's hear the first time. So my understanding, your understanding as well, is that this is a full time move to the Sam linebacker position on running downs, early downs, and then a transition to the Leo um, in in passing downs. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, this is, is kind of an ideal fruit- fit for the Seahawks in a sense in that it's a good fit for Taylor because he stays on the field potentially, you know, 70 to 80% of the snaps, possibly, depending on who he pushes away uh, on, on passing downs to rush the passer. Um, but uh, for the Seahawks, uh, you're, you're allowing your team the chance to put the best players on the field and knowing that they'll probably end up spending about 60 to 65% in nickel this year, just because of, of um, trying to get Blair onto the field and a whole bunch of other scenarios. We can talk about that if you want, but um, I just think this is, this is good. However, it does point to a situation where I think it's, it's less likely now that KJ Wright comes back. Yeah. Um, seeing uh, Daryl Taylor out there, um, running around doing things. Um, they're asking to cover, uh, at times and he, he, he did okay with that. And John, John Clayton a, called him the star of minicamp. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a guy that you, you gotta like, uh, you know, the, what he, what we're hearing from him and he's, he says he's not playing in any pain. Um, it's all, all the stuff that, 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 hurt him last year that kept him off the field seems to be gone. He's doing, he's playing, you know, it, it's not hurting him at all. Um, so, but yeah, we're talking about a guy in the old Bruce Irvin role, like not when he came back last year, um, even though he might've had that same role, had he not gotten hurt, but we're talking about the 2013, 2014, 2015 Bruce Irvin before yeah. he left. Well, even when um, he came back last year, um, Keith, uh, in the two games that he did play, he played almost hundred percent of the snaps. Um, mm-hmm. in that Sam role and then coming up and rushing the passer. Yeah. And so if you look at, um, this, the Seahawks, they had the one year where they had, they played in the base defense all the time because that was Kendricks. Yeah. Um, but they didn't have anything at cornerback then. And so they felt that it was getting their best 11 on the field, um, to, to do that. But other than that one year, the Seahawks are in the nickel more than they're in their base defense. And they have been under Pete Carroll since the beginning. Um, And we're going to see that again this year. So what we're talking about with the Sam linebackers, we're talking about one third of the snaps, right? Because in in one third of the defensive snaps, there's going to be a Sam linebacker on the field. In the other two thirds, there's not. There's going to be two linebackers and there's going to be an extra That's correct, back. Because Jordan Brooks played 31.86% of the time last year because KJ Wright moved over. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what you, what you're looking at is uh, Jordan Brooks is now going to take over all the KJ Wright mm-hmm. snaps and be out there close to a hundred percent of the time. 85, 90%. Yep. And um, so you're talking, we, we are literally talking about one third of the snaps um, at sign at Sam linebacker. And so to have Daryl Taylor there and to be able to set the edge and all the stuff that you want, you need your Sam linebacker to do against the run and build and be in means, a rotation to rush the passer on passing downs. I mean, yeah. And so, so he's going to end up being it, out there for 65, 70% of the snaps. Yeah. And so in what that also does is when you have, they've got a lot of talent at, uh, at defensive end this year, which they didn't have last year, which would have been really nice to have, Daryl Taylor in there because they desperately needed him in the first part of yeah, the season. Listen to this. Daryl Taylor, Dunlap, Mayoa, Hyder, Robinson, Collier, Green. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, 
and then possibly Alden Smith. And I mean, that's just crazy right there. And then you add the fact that we've got Woods, Ford, Kim Dietschy. Um, What? Which we haven't talked about yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So hold that thought for just one second. We'll jump back to that. But they have a lot of talent at defensive end. When you want to get all of it on the field, you want to get your best 11 on the field, having Taylor have the versatility to play um, outside linebacker means that you can essentially have three defensive ends on the field. And for a really deep position group, you need that. And so, so then, and, and we especially even, Collier can move inside. Yeah, and we haven't to, even talked to, about the Adams, you know, it's like, he's mm-hmm. just a blitzing machine waiting to happen. You get this type of defensive line going on. Bobby Wagner, all of a sudden just becomes better. And then he already is, you know, he was, he's, he was less protected last year, I think, than, than some years in, pa- in the past. He looks like he could have some more protection this year, which will allow him to make plays on the ball better, as well as picking his spots to come up and rush the passer as well. So you've got, and then you add Blair back into the equation this year. A guy that came in uh, was, was looking like the starting nickel corner um, heading into the season got hurt. Amadi took that spot over. How do you fit all of these guys in? It's a good problem to have, Keith, but you're going to want to put your best players on the field. Here's a guy that's uh, Marquise Blair. Was actually, uh, Seattle moved up in the draft to, to get this guy, and he was drafted ahead of DK Metcalf. You know, he's a good player, and um, but but we're loaded. You know, we're loaded. We, we're, our safeties, starting safeties, are 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 on the field already. Amadi's there. I, you know, it's it's down to Blair's Blair and in Amadi the, in matchup. Blair kind of specific Blair is in the mix as an outside corner. Wow. Blair is in the mix as an outside corner. In the world, according um, to just, Keith Myers, or in the world, according to somebody in the know, in the, what's going on? Um, in the world, according to Jake Heaps, former mm-hmm. Seahawks quarterback, who's now a radio personality, um, yeah. uh, says that, that Blair is in, in the, there because, uh, what they, they're going to get their best 11 on the field. And if he's out there, they're not asking him to cover guys one-on-one and, and that they're playing zone and he's got a, he's got the, the deep third, um, you know, or they'll be in cover two mm-hmm. and he's got that flat. Um, area in the drop zone and um, but it's getting a guy out there that can do the job and he was going to be the starting nickel um, anyway last year and then until he got hurt and so like he's in he's got they're going to find ways to get him on the field he's either going to be the nickel back and you know fight with time with uh, Amadi or he's going to get some some snaps at the outside corner um, you know and, and basically mean that um, uh, Akella Witherspoon won't get as many snaps mm-hmm. and they'll move him around and they'll find some spots for him. They'll let him play. And if anyone, um, any of the safeties get hurt or whatever, he's like the instant starter. You mean safeties like uh, Ashari Croswell, Ladarius Wiley, Joshua Moon? No, I'm talking about if our two <laughs> starters get hurt, Blair is I the just, instant starter. Those guys, yeah, I didn't even know they were on the roster until right before the show. I wonder if they know they're on the roster. Probably not. Um, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that's an intriguing battle, you know, camp battles. We'll have, probably have a camp battle kind of uh, show at some point because 
Um, I always, you know, my interpretation this offseason is the weakness on the team is definitely the, the defensive backfield overall, just from a talent perspective. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because of Marquise Blair and because of Amadi and because of Diggs and um, Adams and Adams and, and, and possibly Reed, Reed right? Um, we're only really looking for one guy that can come in. And we've got a pretty decent list of players that are available for that competition for that one spot, really. Um, Witherspoon is at the top of the list. We still have Trey Flowers. You just never know based on the fact that you're surrounding Trey Flowers with such a, a nice complimentary roster in addition to the pass rush improvement, which is improving the linebacker area. Um, the back end may not need to be quite as good as it as we think it does. They, they could probably do an adequate job in coverage because they just have... Um, they have more time. Mm -hmm. So uh, in all of this, we mentioned already uh, a piece of news that kind of Sorry. just it, it went by. It, it went by in our show and we never really talked about it. And um, we kind of need to because this has the potential to be huge. It could be. You know, I mean, it could also be the potential have the potential to be nothing. So back in, but it has the potential to be back huge. on like April 21st. Um, Keith is talking about, we signed Robert Kimdichi, which is a, a defensive end slash defensive tackle guy in a one-year veteran minimum to come in and um, and compete. And he was a former first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he fell, to my memory, uh, he fell a little bit to the, to the back end of the first round. I think he was kind of a mid-round to early 20s type of pick fell to them at 29, um, but really did not establish himself, got got injured at some point, and the Cardinals released him. And then he was picked up by Miami, I believe, for a few games and then cut, um, and then f has floated around a little bit. So um, Pete's always been pretty good at trying to find these guys, guys that are reclamation uh, projects, and he's definitely falls into that category. Um, but the upside guys is that have a crazy. Ton of, guys that have a ton of talent, yeah. maybe have been humbled a little bit um, after having the world handed to them when they were younger, uh, get humbled a little bit, come out and be really hungry, take advantage of that talent. Uh, and uh, this, this like, he was a first round. He was a guy that, you're right, he dropped a little bit, but a lot of people were, were thinking he was going to be in the in the teens as a, as a draft pick, maybe the early twenties, he dropped to 29. Um, but all the talent in the world, I mean, the guy just can flat own people up front, just so quick and powerful. Um, as a, he's a penetrating, uh, defensive tackle that gets upfield and, um, uh, guards are going to hate him really good with his hands. I mean, there's really nothing in his game that's bad, but his effort level was lacking at times. He was labeled a bust uh, fairly early after failing to, you know, kind of get himself uh, regular starting playing time. Mm -hmm. um, so, but then uh, in 2018, he came in, he had four and a half sacks in 10 games as a defensive tackle 
in the middle. If you're getting, if you're, you know, do the math there. If you're getting uh, six and a half sacks out of your out of a defensive tackle in the middle, uh, that you're you're they're helping the defensive ends a lot because the quarterback's not stepping up. Uh, but then he got hurt and had a knee injury, and um, then last or yeah, so then. Was it last year or the year before? Uh, he came into camp. Um, last year he was out of the league. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, in, in 2019, he came into camp out of shape. And Cliff Kingsbury was like, no thanks. So they, they released him on a failed physical designation. Um, he played two games with, with the Miami Dolphins. And then, you know, that was it. He's been sitting out there waiting He's only for an opportunity. Six starts in his career, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the most games he's played in a season is twelve in in a game. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's it's nuts. But he did have four and a half sacks with Arizona in two thousand eighteen, like you said, um, and and some tackles tackles for loss. I mean, he he almost put it together, you know, and then, and then it just, it just didn't happen for him. But, um, he's a big guy, six four, two ninety six. um, likely the, uh, a three tech is basically kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's got a nickname of a former nickname on, on a, on a Seahawks offensive line. Um, can you guess it? Um, Nickname on snacks, pork chop. Oh, it's even better. Pork chop, yeah. Pork <laughs> chop, Womack. Pork chop, Womack. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I mean, like I said, Kim Nietzsche has all the talent in the world, and um, yeah, in his career though, Keith, he's got he's twenty nine games. He's got to do something. Appeared with in twenty nine games, four and a half sacks, twenty six tackles, and two forced fumbles. Yeah. And he and that should have been, uh, you know, half a year, two years. Well, twenty nine games for sure. Uh, it should have been that. Right. That should have been that should have been two years. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is like I said, all the talent in the world, super athletic, super talented, all of that, but never did anything with it. Never lived up to any mm-hmm. of, of what he did in college. Came into camp out of shape. Didn't work hard at times. Um, really just not a guy that, um, acted like he wanted to be there. Like he wanted it, it really felt like he was a guy that wanted the stardom and the money and all the stuff, but didn't want to be there and put in the work. Well, you know what? Now he's been out of the league for a year and he's coming back on a league minimum, trying to get him back, trying to get himself back in the league, trying to prove that he belongs so that he can go get a paycheck a year from now or two years from now. Um, that's a guy who's going to be hungry. And if he's hungry, then he can, you know, do what he needs to do uh, to get the most out of his talent. And that's what I'm hoping for. So he, at, at uh, 6'4", 296 pounds, ran a four eight seven forty, twenty-eight 28 reps on the bench. He jumped 20, no, he jumped uh, um, like almost 10 feet. And at a 35 inch vertical, you know, he's super athletic. Um, it, it's, it's just all between the ears for him. You know, the likely mm-hmm. scenario is that he doesn't make it out of camp and he's cut. I mean, Seattle has a pretty decent 
roster on the defensive line um, where you're trying to figure out a way to keep some of those defensive ends, those five techs, Rasheem Green, Collier, Hyder, um, and possibly Alden Smith that can rotate in to that three tech spot. Uh, there may not be a roster Ooh. spot for him, but you know what? Alden Smith Alden might Smith not make the roster. Alden Smith is not going to rotate inside. And no, they've Alden Smith is not going to rotate. They've talked in. about him rotating in because he's oh, 290 pounds. Alden Smith, you're talking, you're thinking Justin Smith. Alden Smith is 240 pounds. Well, he he had bulked up. He's check, a, it, check it out. Go check out the he, articles. He played, he played linebacker for Dallas last year. He did not play linebacker at 290 pounds. Um, He was 200 and, uh, I think he was drafted at like 228. No way. Bulked up to 240. So he's currently listed at 258. I want to see where he was last year. Anyway, no big deal. He was 265 last year. So you're right, 265. Um, so he's more like Daryl Taylor, basically. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a guy that he's a, he, I don't know he what played, I was thinking. He's played linebacker his entire career. So, you know, but what I'm saying is there's a, there's a ton of competition there, but three tech, uh, is actually the position. If, if all things being equal, uh, is the best opportunity to, to break through and, and find yourself on the roster. Because I think right now we really don't right have, now they a three have three tech on the roster. They have, they have three defensive tackles. Lattimore, maybe. Um, they have three defensive tackles that are worth even discussing woods and um who brian Brian monet okay brian monet monet's like penciled in as a starter so um and he earned or or cedric Lattimore. they're really high on Lattimore, by the way yeah but Lattimore didn't like given the opportunity to play him last year they didn't there were times they needed an extra defensive tackle and they're like that's "Eh." true and they didn't even bring him up. That's so, uh, well, I mean, not, we had John Reed, you know, which he took eighty-five percent of the snaps there too. So, but I'm just saying, like they, uh, they've got three defensive tackles. You you want to keep four unless you've got a couple of different guys that you know can slide into the inside um, and give you where you're getting 50% of your snaps. At right now we've got three guys that are probably locks to make the roster that can do that. Well, not, maybe not locks Reed and excuse me, green or green. He, he seems the most likely to be possibly on the bubble. Uh, LJ Collier and then Hyder is the the other guy that Pete actually specifically came out and said he can play five tech and he can slide inside to three on passing downs. Yeah. Uh, so you're in fact you're he's looking, better at it than than he is on the outside. So you look at you between Hader and Collier, you have to you have to know that the two of them are gonna combine for at least fifty percent of the snaps at, at three tech to only keep three defensive tackles. And even doing that, you better have a guy like Lattimore on the practice squad because mm-hmm. those guys can those guys can play the three tech against the pass. But if one of your your other defensive tackles get hurt. Now you don't have anyone that can play so the they, spot. They also um, have another guy that the they're run. really high on as well, um, which is Miles Adams. I forgot to mention. Um, they really like him, and they brought him in on a features deal, but he was on the practice squad last year. I heard really good things about him, and so it'll be interesting to see if he's progressed. But, yeah, 
and yeah, and we picked up a guy too, an undrafted guy, Jared Hewitt, you know, that was out there this, this last weekend, didn't hear a word about him, how he did. Um, so who knows, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting spot. That defensive line is legit this year. I mean, we're going to have one of the, to me, when you, when you look at our defensive line, you look at the linebackers, you look at the safeties and you look at the defensive backs, we've got a top 10 defense. You know, we finished the year, the last eight games of the year as the number one or number two, uh, depending on which categories you're looking at, ranked defense in the entire NFL after being dead last, the worst, you know, and and giving up historic averages, uh, defending the pass in the first eight games. It was crazy. Um, so this year I'm very hopeful that this defense can kind of put us over the top. We already know we've got a tremendous offense, but if you can have that defense out of the gate that you had at the, at the end of last year, maybe even improved a little bit because the pass rush is seriously dialed in this year. Um, I think the depth is really yeah. good. I'm a little concerned that there isn't that, other than Dunlap, there isn't that star player that can take over games um, uh, on the defensive line. And and that's that's where my concern is, is you've got great depth. You're going to get pretty consistent um you know, pass rush and, and play from the production from the line mm-hmm. um, against the run, against the pass, Daryl Taylor uh, early in the in game, late in the game. True, but, but we're talking, you you said it, surprise. Yeah. Where's where's the proven star power that you know that they are going to well, let's, produce let's when take it a look matters at it. most? Uh, Carlos Dunlap the, could, could give the Michael you Bennett? nine Where's sacks, the Cliff Averill? Carlos Dunlap hasn't shown that in the last two or three years. So we'll see if that happens. LJ Collier is not going to give you uh, double Mm -hmm. digit sacks. He's a cleanup guy. Uh, Benson Mayoa could give you six or seven, depending on his usage. You don't want to use him more than 30% of the snaps. Kerry Hyder's a cleanup guy. He's a perfect guy though, to be able to do that, but he's not going to generate outside pass rush and get to the quarterback on his own. He's going to clean up with the help of Dunlap, Collier on the inside, some of the other guys, uh, Puna Ford, um, and he's a guy that's that's always hanging around the, the ball. And um, and then Daryl Taylor, you know, depending on how he how he looks, he could give you, you know, six or seven sacks in his you know quote unquote rookie season. Alton Robinson had four last year, um, in in limited sacks, very little. And point, so I I believe that he is potentially another name on that list that could actually come in and really cause some damage. And we'll see depending on the playing time and stuff. I mean, but he's only 22 years old, which is the really cool thing about him. Rasheem green Mm -hmm. to me is just kind of almost washed. Um, He just can't stay healthy. And when he is in there, he's been inconsistent. And I think he just, when he gets in there, I think he protects himself a little bit because he doesn't want to get injured. And, um, I don't know. I just don't see a physical player out there anymore. I think he's not anymore. As a rookie, yeah. he looked very physical and athletic, and didn't see much of that this last year. I just look at that list, and and I I say, where's the star power? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, you you need a guy that can mm-hmm. kind of take over. Um, and I just don't know if they have that. They're really deep, which is going to be which is, is great. The, they haven't I had mean, depth, uh, yeah, in a which while. is great. In, in a sense, because I think it is definitely a team game. And now one guy taking over, we haven't had that for a long time. You know, even Michael Bennett and stuff really couldn't take over games. He was definitely a guy that could put it together at the end of games. Like Carlos yes. Dunlap did last year. 
um, but but in a series or two. But you know, overall, he was gave you great performance throughout the game. I think that's where we're at with this roster. You take a look at those guys. Those guys are going to be rotating in and out, uh, steady all game. Um, but at the end of games, you know, I'm I'm probably looking at Robinson Taylor and, and Dunlap to get that job done when, when the game's on the line, you know, and a guy like Taylor's going to need to step up. I mean, it just is what it is. At some point you have to play your guys that you drafted and, and need to develop. And he's going to have to take that role this year and we'll see how it works. Yeah, exactly. And so I just look at, at this group and I, I, I see fantastic depth, which they haven't had in a long time. Um, but I wonder if the top end talents there, the guys that uh, opposing offensive coordinators have to account for. Yeah, I think that that's definitely the argument that uh, pundits um, uh, that are lined up kind of against this team, predicting this team is going to be second, third, possibly even fourth in the division, which I don't believe. Um, but um, are, are taking a look at, at some of those holes you know if you're if you you're a glass half full guy this roster looks pretty stacked and um and we're gonna be right back at 12 wins if you're half glass uh glass is half empty you could really kind of pick apart this thing and wonder if it's enough to get you um past uh, you know get you the nfc west title in, in a strong division so um i hear you i mean it could really go either way i i i think i, it's, I think the idea yeah the idea that that it's like oh well this um the roster is you know this is a really tough division whether they win the division or they don't they're going to be there to make the playoffs and that's that's where they're going to be um because so much of like you know do they win the division or not depends on other teams and does San Francisco stay healthy this year which they didn't last year or at some point you end up like do the Miami Dolphins upset the Rams because you know, we're, you're going to need a game here or there. You know, are you good enough to make the playoffs? Can you get 10, 11, 12 wins? And I believe this team can. But can they do more in the playoffs than last year? And the year before that? Yeah. And the year before that? You know, I. it's possible. And, and I where it's can. possible is in the trenches. We just talked about the defensive line. The offensive mm-hmm. line's improved as well. You take a look at the depth there with Gabe Jackson now coming in along with Damian Lewis manning the two guard spots. Nathan Posick's still at center, but it's not going to be any worse than it was last year unless Ethan Posick gets hurt. And then you've got guys coming in you know, to compete at other spots. The, def- uh, the offensive tackle spot, I think, is, is just as good, I think, when you, when you take a look at Brown and then shell and then you've got um and now you've got foresight in possibly there as, in there as a as you've a still got the guys that you had prior um yeah. abu hey is also abu there. Hey, they've I, talked about him having a legit shot you know yeah and so i i just look at it and i go what caused the team to fail at the end of the season the last three years and it's been the offense mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. because they couldn't do anything in the playoffs because they had a, a scheme and a game plan that was just entirely stupid going into those games. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, are I you going to, are you going to, are you going to dispute how awful the game plan I was against the Rams or against Dallas before that? that? You know, you're displaying. 
Um, and I, I think that they're a little more balanced offensively in terms of, of, um, you know, not leaning on one or two guys to, to do everything. And they've got someone designing plays that game people open. I mean, or it, I was just going to say is, isn't completely clueless at its job. And so the combination of those two things, I think I don't, I don't, you know, the offense doesn't die in the playoffs like it has the last couple of years. And ultimately the team is better at that point. Can the defense hold up? Can the defense be as good as it was at the end of the year? Maybe, maybe not, but can they be somewhere in between where they started the year when they were the worst defense in the league and where they ended where they were the one or two best? Can they be 10th? Cause if you can be ten, the 10th best defense in the league, which is not as good as they were at the end of last year. But if you can if you can kind of be steady in that range, then the offense should be way better with a real play caller. And you're going to end up being a more balanced team overall. And I think that, does that equal a division win? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the Rams and the 49ers and, and, and what they do. Uh, and it may come down to, you know, a turnover here or a fumble there um, in the games against those two guys or those two teams. But they're going to they're gonna be in the playoffs. They, they've got the talent there. Unless, you know, this something way unforeseeable would have to happen um, in order for this team not, not to make the playoffs. And so what do you do once you get there? Mm-hmm. And I think this team is set up to do better than they have the last few years because They've got more balance. They've got better coaching. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, I think that that, that that's the key. You know, and, and Russell Wilson's going to need to step up. It's been a, it's been a few years since he's really stepped up in the playoffs, and um, he's been sacked and terrorized and and so forth. And we just haven't had good matchups. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, another player I wanted to talk about really quick was uh, Aaron Donker, the German import. Um, <laughs> at linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. He kind of came over on a um, kind of a, what do you call it? Like the exchange program, program. <laughs> right? We, we didn't exchange anything, but they, they're sending their players over. Uh, he did play um, junior college ball here in America and then played for, I think, Arkansas or Arkansas State, something like that. I can't, I don't have that information at, at my fingertips, but um, I, apparently this guy is like super athletic, like one of the top performing athleticism guys at, at the position, um, in a, in a long time, like apparently this guy can run like a four, four, nine or something like that, 40, um, and just has agility for days and all that kind of stuff. But he's only got four years of total football experience in his entire life including that junior college time and including any time he had over in Germany. And so he's still learning the position. I don't even know which linebacker position he plays. Um, likely probably weak side. And um, I would say likely strong oh, you think? side given his size. Yeah. Well, I didn't even see a size. I honest. Um, I just looked at the speed. Um, but you know, he's, he's a, he's an interesting guy because he's, actually legit i mean he's got a you know he's, his athletic upside 
um, is, is off the charts. And so it's just a matter of hiding him on the practice squad for a year and seeing what you've got next year and see if he can develop. Um, but, but you know, his ambition is he wants to make the team. I watched his, his, he had a little like six or seven minute news conference, probably the highlight of his entire life. Right. Um, for the, for the, for the team. And he was just so excited to be here and the opportunity and he, you know, legit wanted to compete for a job and that's why he was here. And, uh, so it just isn't some gimmick thing with this guy. No, and none of the, the guys that are that are awarded through that program um, are. They're all guys that are fighting for a job, um, and a lot of them, you know, they weren't. They're not drafted, or they they end up because of eligibility rules with the you know um, and passports and everything. They they just they're not going to get drafted, and so they get awarded to a team um, and have an opportunity to go win a job. If guys with that much athleticism, you can find a job on special mm-hmm. teams because you're fast enough, you're strong enough, you're agile enough to get downfield and hit someone. Unfortunately um, for him, he's 26 years old, but um, yeah. yeah, but he, and he's only played football for four years and that's the key. So that it, is true. are we going to see him? Are we going to see him on defense? I God, I hope not except for in the preseason. <laughs> um, but if he's going to fight for a job, it's going to be on special teams because he's going to do it as the fifth or sixth linebacker. Yes. Um, and, and as a key special teams contributor, and he has the athleticism for that. And a lot of special teams is, is, is it's attitude more than anything. Um, and a guy like that, you know, he, he could surprise and make the roster or they could look at and they go, you know, we've already got Nick Bellore and these other people that give us nothing except for special teams. Maybe we can't keep another special teams guy. And so you stash him on the practice squad or you try to. Um, and you teach him for a year about the position and about football and, and try and, you know, train him to be a better football player, not just an athlete. Interesting. And the, the same is true. I think about, uh, the guy whose name I can't pronounce, um, Oliver, you know, <laughs> the, the, the French Pierre Olivier um, Lestage. Oliver Lestage. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're right. It's, um, I'm not even going to try with that. Olivier. Uh, Olivier yeah. Lestange. Yeah, whatever. And um, I was told because, too on, on our YouTube channel that the T in his last name is not pronounced. I don't know. I've heard it just Lestage, but, uh, we'll find out long term. We just call him Mr. I mean, P. He's a guy, athletic traits and a lot of different things. He very mm-hmm much could end up being the long-term answer yeah, center he could be right now right now his job is to fight with aaron yeah, fuller he did. pete came um, out and said we're gonna put him at guard now he said that's day one and we're putting him at guard so things could change but he's he's a guard and he's an emergency backup center that's that's yeah pete. but it that's a day one while they work on his footwork and his hand technique and those kind of things and while they teach him you know, the offense and all the stuff. So he's not having to get up there and look at the defense and make line calls and do those kind of things. He's, you're not going to do that to, to a guy like that, but athletically and um, all those things he has, if he can beat out Jordan, Fuller, Simmons. if he can make the roster um, or Simmons, mm-hmm. right. This is a guy that next year he may come into to campus, you know, penciled in as the starting center. 
um, there's a there's a there's a path for him. There really is. Yeah, I'm all, you know, and I, I'll have to learn I how would, to say his I name. Would say that you know the likely path is a practice squad spot, um, because you know it, it, Jordan Simmons would either have to get cut or or get injured. And or Phil Haynes, you know, who can't seem to stay healthy and, and so forth, or Ethan Posick as well. Ethan Posick had one year. All three of those guys have, have injuries. Uh, a very long yep. history of not being healthy. That's right. um, and I mean, you've also got Kyle Fuller, mm-hmm. who's the backup center. And we failed um, to mention him a lot because it, 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 so far it just hasn't impressed that he's actually really good. Um, and and he may or may not be. I just don't know. He came in a couple games last year and filled in, and it was okay, but it wasn't special. It, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it certainly wasn't good. Um, and they've and got so Brad was, Lund uh, Blade as well. Came in and played center at the mini camp this this uh, this year, and he was on the practice squad last year. So, so. But yeah, I mean, you're really looking at a guy like that. If he can, if he can beat out Kyle Fuller and show that he could be a backup, um, you know, he can make the roster. And once he makes the roster, or even if he ends up on the practice squad, if he sticks mm-hmm. on the practice mm-hmm. squad and can show shows that he's, he picks up the offense and that he can learn, um, athletically, the dude's got what you need to be a starting center in the NFL. Yeah. And it sounds like. Um... He's he's a good dude, you know. He's mm-hmm. a guy that really wants to to take the opportunity. Really wants exactly. it. Wants to work hard. Um, you know, loves being a football player and playing the game. And you can't have enough of those guys. So check out this list of corners, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so we've got flowers. We've got um, who else, Keith? Reed. Oh, so okay, Flowers, Reed, um, Witherspoon, Amadi, um, Demarius Rand- Pierre Desair, Demarius Randall, uh, Randall um, Jordan Miller, Savion Smith, Jason uh, Stanley, Galvin Helsop, um, and then Brian Mills. They picked up too on the on the practice squad. Now Brian Mills was a guy that could potentially have been drafted. In the sixth or seventh round, he went undrafted, but you know, it's just another body at this point. So we'll see. But there's a lot of guys in there competing. I, it's just that again, you're you pointed to the defensive line, like what guy is going to step up and really make a play or get the job done. This this group of guys is less than intimidating. You know, it really does come down to I think can a, a Kella Weatherspoon come in and demand that he's the starter he's getting paid you know he's 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 getting paid more than any other corner on the roster believe it or not and but he's still not he's not making no starter no he's four million bucks it's fully guaranteed though and i think the expectation is is that he comes in and starts i really do i think that him and mm-hmm. reed are going to end up being the starters with a guy like trey brown competing and, and possibly pushing uh, for for a larger role midway through the year type of a thing, or or work himself and, um, into and, some sort of scenario. and Amadi getting right. getting chances right. in the nickel, and you got um, Blair who's going to get some mm-hmm. playing time in there. I mean, you've got and I don't want to discount Demarius Randall either because that guy's you know got some talent too as well, and he's only twenty five. 
So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And then Ryan Neal, we haven't, haven't really talked about. He did a great job last year. They have him listed as corner, but, you know. Yeah, they had him listed as corner last year, and he was the starting strong exactly. safety for four so games. So we'll see. Um, because they, they move him around. I mean, he's like 6'4", and he can do kind of everything. He's not a great corner. Have you completely um, written off Trey Flowers at this point, or does he have a shot? He's got a shot. He's 27 years old. He's got a too. shot because he's got he's got two and a half years of starting experience. Yeah. Right? I mean, he he's one of the more experienced guys Absolutely. in that group. Now, he, what's funny is that he's also got two and a half years of being a cornerback in his life because he was a safety before mm-hmm. the Seahawks drafted him. And it's just weird because when he played as a rookie, he played really well. And I don't know if it was just because everything was kept super simple for him at the time because he was making mm-hmm. that transition he um, for safety to corner and athletic upside. So I remember us doing a show last uh, year ago, spring. So this is spring of 2020. And we talked about a guy like Ryan Neal. There were a couple other guys as well, Jason Stanley and so forth that all kind of had the same sort of athletic profile, the height, weight, speed, agility. Um, and he had it in spades. Like he was the most athletic out of that group and, and coming mm-hmm. up on the roster. And so, it, it didn't surprise me that he was listed as a corner just from that aspect. And so when he did come in and it was to fill in for Adams, I was a little surprised. But again, you'd said that he uh, came in as a safety into the league and was kind of switched. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm really interested. Demarius Randall's kind of in the same boat as well, but Ryan Neal's much larger prospect overall. Yeah, I mean, a- athletically, I think and he, Pierre Desir, too. he is... He's a guy that is going to be, he's going to be on the roster as the backup, Mm -hmm. uh, as a backup safety. Um, I kind of, you know, we were talking about flowers uh, there, but I wish that the the team had looked at him as, as a free safety. And I know like when they came in as a rookie, he, there were a bunch of injuries and he got forced out into the starting job. He wasn't ready for the starting job. That is absolutely right. And, but there, you know, the two guys above him both got hurt, so he got put out there, and he played well. You can't deny that he played really well as a rookie. Um, his sophomore year was downright. Uh, it, you can't even call it average. It was bad. Um, it wasn't we had horrible as bad as I think. Play too. Yeah, you can't you can't say it was bad by you know as bad as the people on Twitter will make it sound. But it wasn't it wasn't good. It was it wasn't even average. It was below average. Um, and then last year he was in and out of the lineup and, and hurt at times. And he never caught his first couple of games that he played when he got pushed into the starting lineup were really bad. And then he, he leveled out and, and, and had, had some good games in there. Um, but wh- who is he? Where is he? Is he the guy that has all had all that promise as a rookie or is he the guy that we've seen since then that has just been not worth you know, talking about too much. Um, I still think the talent's there, the physicality's there, um, maybe not the ball skills, so he's never going to be like a great, you know, guy that's going to go get interceptions and whatnot, um, but the covered talent's there. Uh, but at some point, he's got to put it together. Like I said, and I don't know what they did to get have him look that good as a rookie, whether it was just rotating, you know, Earl Thomas towards mm-hmm. him on every play, 
Um, and so it made his job really easy where he only had to watch the underneath stuff or, and then now they're not doing, you know, similar things or if he just played really well. And it's since then, you know, I'm sure it has to do changed. with the former so, because the guy just doesn't lose skills. And, and if, as long as you're not injured, your legs are, you know, fine. I don't yeah, but if think that he's if overthinking. They were, if or, they were over. If they oversimp, if they really <clears throat> simplified things for him as a rookie and said, you know, you only have to do these these two or three things, and then the rest don't worry about it. Um, and now they're asking him to be a full corner, like do everything, and that's that's what the difference is. I don't yeah. know. Um, I just know that as a rookie, his coverage skills were good. Um, it was teams had a hard time throwing. You know, why does Pierre Desir fall way a lot? You know, there's you know, why does Demarius Randall come in as a a corner gets switched to safety and then back to corner and floats around other teams after being a first round draft pick by green Bay. I mean, it's just, you know, stuff happens. I don't, I don't know specifically why Trey flowers is not, you know, Pete kind of adopted Trey flowers in, in a sense. And so this is kind of a Pete project and Pete doesn't want to fail at this thing for sure. So I, I do believe that he's going to have an opportunity to at least compete, but, I think Witherspoon's, you know, my hope is that Witherspoon takes it. You know, I don't. Yeah. Um, Witherspoon has, Witherspoon has the talent. He has the history. He played well in San Francisco. And he also time. had some, at times, he also had some injuries and tried to play through them. And we, we have seen in Seattle what happens when cornerbacks play through injuries. And it's usually not mm-hmm. pretty. Um, and so, you know, he played through a bunch of injuries and at times looked, kind of bad um but he was hurt and trying to play because the team needed him to um and when healthy he played yeah. well I, I i think the job's his he's just got to go it's his job to lose don't lose it you know do what you got to do all right i think that's that wraps this show up um i don't even i can't remember we need to talk about the schedule because we have to we need to redo a, f- a few things but um I appreciate everyone coming in. So does Keith uh, to listen to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we'll be back here next week. You can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all the archive shows and a whole bunch of other stuff on the website that we're currently working on. Uh, so go over and check that out. It's pretty much almost ready. I'm still playing around with a couple of things. And then, um, yeah. So we'll just be back here next week. And until then, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.